Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Welcome to Shitty Mayor Mondays, a name we're not actually allowed to use as the title of our podcast because it breaks a bunch of shirt shit in the background. Uh, and I'm your host, Mia Wong, coming to you live from a crumbling basement in contested Chicago that may or may not be hit by a tornado in the next hour. Uh, this is It Could Happen Here. So, so true. It, it could all happen within this next recording <laughs> yeah, session. It, it could happen in Mia's basement. Uh yeah, with me I'm Garrison and James. Hello, welcome to hell. Hi, I'm in tornado-free San Diego. Did have a tornado warning yesterday. Hmm. Luckily, I'm in the ever-stable Pacific Northwest, where nothing bad can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's contractually contractually obligated. It says no, 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 no bad things. No, no earthquakes here that that are overdue. No forest fires or record temperatures. It's great up there. So true. Mm-hmm. So today we're doing a, a a sort of special episode of Shitty Mayor Mondays, which is that uh, we are we are doing the Chicago double feature because our previous Shitty Mayor Lori Lightfoot, I uh, managed to become the first. I think I think the, the the first Chicago mayoral candidate in forty years who was an incumbent and lost re-election. And not only did she lose re-election, she went out. It, so okay, the, the way the way the the the, the Chicago mayor elections have like a trillion candidates. Like I think there were like nine this time, and if no one can get above fifty percent, it goes to a runoff. And she got knocked out before the runoff, which is unbelievably funny. Um, so we're gonna talk about her first as the sort of the Lloyd Lifewood is 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 sort of the shitty Chicago mayor past. And then we're going to talk about the maybe future shitty Chicago mayor, Paul Vallis, who sucks so much that he was the reason I specifically wanted to do this series. 
But first, what do you talk about fucking Lori Lightfoot, a person who I don't, I don't know. I feel like people outside of Chicago don't know much about her. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that she's like, like, has generally failed to do all the things that she was supposed to do. And, and in the kind of general sort of Democrat mayor model uh, has sucked. But I'm excited to hear the specifics. Yeah, she's a, I don't know, she's pretty, well, okay, A, the funniest thing about her is just, just Google pictures of her hats. She has just, like, an, an incredible hat game. Oh it's God. just always appearing in just an incredible, like, she has so many hats. It's it's wild. It's just every single picture she's in is just, like, a random, different, wild hat. It's amazing. Yeah. But she's also kind of, in, in some sense, like, a, a kind of uniquely incompetent politician. So... Okay, so Lightfoot was elected mayor in like an absolute landslide in 2019, and she she ran this very weird campaign, which was based on sort of three main things. It was one was not being a machine candidate, and this is actually very important. Is that Lightfoot is not actually part of the Chicago political machine that controls like most politics. Why well, there's there's the kind there's the kind of separate parts of the machine. This is a complicated thing. We're not going to fully get into here, but she's like not a machine candidate. She like kind of is an outsider in some sense. Um. And that was a big part of why people voted for her. There's another thing, which is this sort of like identity tokenism thing, which is like, I'm going to be the first black lesbian mayor of Chicago, which she is. And then the third thing she was running on was building a shit ton of police academies. (laughs) Now, (laughs) I now in 2019, I was in Chicago for this election and I was like, do not fucking vote for her. She's going to build these cop academies. And everyone was like, no, it's going to be great. She's not the machine. She's like, so she gets elected in 2019 and. This means that when she gets into office, like almost immediately 2020 happens. (laughs) And okay, so no mayor has like a good response to 2020. Um, Lightfoot's is like catastrophic. So I've talked about this a bit at the show, but but what 2020 in Chicago is this really, really kind of wild and weird thing. It doesn't map onto a lot of the other sort of 2020s. Like the first thing that happens basically is Chicago has this thing called I think it's I think it's the magnificent mile it's something miles i can't remember what is magnificent or miracle because it's a fucking bullshit tourist thing but it's it's like this chicago's like it's like a mile of like really rich shopping districts and the cops just lost control of it like people just took it it was like fully looted it was just this it was just this there was this sort of incredible moment of like chicago's working class that had been getting shit on for 200 fucking years like finally stormed their way into the into just the fucking bougie part of chicago and destroyed it and it fucking ruled but after that happened, Lightfoot was like, oh, shit, we can never let protesters get back there again. So she started raising the fucking drawbridges that lead that lead across <laughs> the fucking uh, river. So, so uh, like she was like she basically turned the entirety of like like that, that of that part of Chicago into a fucking fortress that you could not get onto. Amazing. I just yeah. raised, and she did this like she raised the bridges multiple fucking times. Uh, like we're, we're going to get to a, another story of her raising the bridges where it's like it's un, like. Like, she does this so many times that, like, even times where she claims she didn't do it on purpose, people are like, I, I think she raised the bridges. This is, you know, and so this is her, basically. She, she when, when she raises the bridges, she just, like, declares war, basically, on, like, half of Chicago. And, okay, so this is, like, not a great thing to do if, if you are trying to be a popular politician, is to just, like, physically declare war and, like, do fucking medieval fortress shit to, like, half half your fucking city. And so her popularity starts tanking immediately. 
This is in like the. This is I, I'm guessing as a consequence of like the Black Lives Matter protest, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So her proof of rating is like fucking absolutely dog shit. I think. Oh, I'm trying to find. I I, I should have looked this up earlier. I meant to, and I forgot. I think her approval rating was like 30% when she left office. It might even be lower than that. Yeah, so, but, you know, but, but she, she she does this kind of unique thing where she basically goes around and alienates like every single voting block in the city. I guess before we get to this, we should get we should get to how she pissed off the cops because one of her big things when she came into office was she was trying to sort of like do this alliance with the police. But Instead of her sort of actually like forming this, you know, she, she was trying to form a sort of center right wing base, right? Yeah. She's trying to both sort of play this kind of like identity tokenism thing and then also build a base with the cops. But right. A, the cops are racist. And B, okay, how, do, do you two know the story about the Chicago Columbus statue? Uh, I don't think I – wait, is that one of the ones that got taken down? Sort of. I think this is one of the ones that um, – so in 2020, I wrote a story about how to tear down statues – and uh, then became the guy that everybody sent pictures of statues getting torn down to for a while. So I'm sure I've seen it. Amazing. Ben, yeah, oh, it was great. Ben Shapiro had a whole fucking seizure about it. Uh, we got in lots of trouble with with uh, various federal agencies. But yeah, it was a very amazing <laughs> story. <laughs> I did. Don't uh, don't affiliate link to the ingredients to things which may or may not be illegal if you combine those ingredients in your story. So true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, many popular mechanics editors have tried this. It was great. I was on Russia Today. Uh, uh, not, not, not with my knowledge. But yeah, tell us about this. Tell us about this other statue, Mia. Okay, so there is a giant like statue thing sitting on a like sitting on this big column that was made in 1933, and it's this, it's this giant statue of Christopher Columbus. Um, also on this statue, so there, there, there there's like a series of of like important italian people like on the column one of these things one of the people who was depicted on this column like very much seems to be benito mussolini holding a bunch of fascists <laughs> that's cool now Why? the sculptor's the sculptor's son denies this but this was made in 1933 it really looks yeah, like yeah, benito yeah, mussolini yeah. and he is definitely holding fascists <laughs> so uh, all right th- this this statue th- this is like in like the middle of the fucking city right in like this park mm. in the middle of the city um and this became the the so okay so in in twenty twenty in Chicago the way the protests work is you you have like the first initial like phase where the cops like lose control of the city and then the cops kind of like retake it over the next few days and there's a kind of lull but then it starts another like sort of wave of it starts back up again like around specifically around this statue and there's this whole thing that cops are trying to keep it up and there's this whole thing where like. There's like like rings of activists like surrounding a group of cops standing around the statue like throwing shit at them and it fucking ruled. And eventually the city's like, okay, we're gonna we're just gonna take down the fucking statue. And this was a Lightfoot thing. But but this pissed off the cops. And specifically, so we've talked about this before on the show, but like this is one of the sort of unique things about Chicago is that Chicago has like I guess the technical term is like white ethnic like groups that like do shit. And one of those things is like there's like an Italian American cop association that is very powerful. And the Italian American <laughs> cop association is like we like we will keep the statue at all costs. This is like our fucking oh, guy. Yeah, yeah. Like I uh, hey, we're yeah. And 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 Lightfoot is like you guys if you guys don't take this statue down, people are gonna fucking like burn the miracle mile again. And she gets to this giant fight of them, and these emails eventually get I th- I think I can't remember if they I think they get released as part of a court case or something. 
but these these emails come out that it like Lightfoot is yelling that she has the biggest balls of anyone on the table. She's gonna put her balls on the table because she's trying to like keep the cops alive. And so she she gets in this giant fight and just pisses off all of the cops in the city. So she's she she has pissed off like like from 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 the the, the initial wave of protests, the drawbridge stuff. She has pissed off like anyone who's even sort of vaguely center left and anti racist, and like a huge proportion of the city's black population. And then she like systematically she's now pissed off like the sort of like white ethnic cop groups who are also very powerful. And then she does something like, like really genuinely unforgivable and horrific, which is in 2021, Chicago police shot 13 year old Adam Toledo. Here's from a Chicago paper called the tribe at a press conference after the shooting, Mayor Louis Lightfoot vowed to find the people responsible for, quote, putting a gun in the hands of Toledo, who Chicago police and prosecutors insisted was armed. So, okay, they shoot this kid who is fucking 13 years old. His name is Adam Toledo. And immediately the cops, the prosecutors and the mayor said that he's armed. They're going to find the person who put the gun in his hand. So two and a half weeks later, the uh, video comes out and it turns out that not only was Adam Toledo not armed, the cops shot him while he was while his hands were up while complying with their instructions. I think I've seen this body cam. Yeah, this is yeah it's fucking awful. And then like two year, two days later, they killed another guy. Oof. And like th- there were there was there was, there was like a, there was another round of like huge protests. I mean, they, and they weren't as big as 2020 ones, but like there was another round of like really big protests in this. And Lightfoot was you know, like actively involved in a conspiracy to lie about this fucking 13 year old kid who was killed in cold blood. And so this pisses off like this, this, this like basically means that her, her support among like the Latino population drops to basically zero because she fucking accused a 13 year old kid of being a gang, an armed gang member. And then he got fucking after he got shot by the cops. So, Oh, the other fun thing about this is so our, our like prosecutor, Kim Fox, is like there's like this whole thing about how she's like a progressive prosecutor and like the rights trying to unseat her. Uh, none of the fucking officers involved in this or the other shooting two days later were ever charged with anything. After they again shot, like killed in cold blood, a 13 year old kid with his hands up. Now, the the sort of regular Chicago right hates her because she's both black and a lesbian. And there's some like We'll talk about this a bit when we get to Vallis, but there's just genuinely unhinged, horrifying sort of like racism and like homophobia and like she's getting basically like splash damage transphobia from it because of how racist these people are. And so but that, that means that like, you know, she has like no support, right? She she managed to get she yeah. like she, she manages to get into a fight with Chicago's like normally pretty conservative, like black caucus and the black caucus gets so pissed at her that they forced through a police reform bill that has established <laughs> like oversight committees <laughs> just like <laughs> rare win and so you know there, there, it, uh, like uh, on, on February 28th there's an election and all of the sort of like everyone in the city of Chicago is like she's fucked like she's a unique she's a uniquely unpopular candidate everyone fucking hates her she has systematically pissed off every single possible voting block in the entire city of Chicago and she loses. And, you know, there's this whole sort of media junket that happens where everyone's like, this is like a referendum on crime in Chicago. And it's like, no, no, it's not. Like, everyone just hates Lightfoot because she sucks. 
and she sucks in like a unique combination of ways that pisses off everyone who can possibly vote in the city. And so she gets 16% of the vote, which I think 16% of the vote is like the actual sort of like top limit cap of the number of people in Chicago who genuinely like her. Like, I, th- I, th- I think it's exactly 15, per- like 60% of the city and there's fucking no one else. She, so she comes in third. Uh, it's also very funny. She spends the entire, ele- like a, b- a bunch of her money running campaign ads, like against a guy who comes in fourth. <laughs> Instead of the other two people. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Completely misses a mark. Yeah. And so, the, the the man who came in second, who is uh, on 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 the, by the time this episode comes out, the election will be fucking tomorrow. Um, this, the person who came in second in that vote is Brandon Johnson, who's a progressive candidate. He's backed by like the teachers union. He's like fine. He's like as good as you're going to get for a mayor. Although I will remind people that uh, like it, John, John, Johnson is a much better candidate than the other fucking guy we're going to talk about. But I uh, we need to talk about a little bit about the limits of electoral politics and like. You know, I'm, I'm just going to point out here that like Nepal, for example, routinely elects Maoist governments. And like, do you know how do you know how much Maoism those guys do? Like fucking none. There is no Maoism happening. Right. There like, were some cool <clears throat> socialist mayors in Spain who led the population of the city to expropriate the landowners around the city in the 1930s. Yeah, but that was the 1930s. This, <laughs> yeah, is, now, they, this <laughs> is now 20. Those are all those people's fucking grandchildren are like maybe around. But yeah, like you're you're not going to get, you know, like we're not going to get a socialist city off of this. On the other hand, the person who comes in first, who Brandon Johnson will be facing tomorrow when you listen to this, is a demon in human form. He is near liberalism as a bag man. He is the fucking reactionary Republican dog of the, of the Chicago political machine. And that man's name is Paul Vallis. And as 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 Vallis would fucking want, we are going to talk about him after we go to ads. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected, or check out a Stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moon roof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. 
With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, we're back from ads. We're here to talk about Paul Vallis. Just the worst guy. Okay, so Paul Vallis sucks ass. Um, the, the thing he's most famous for sucking ass for is for being the school privatization guy. So we're, we're going to start with his, the beginning of his sort of political career is in 2000 in, in 1995. He gets appointed as the CEO of Chicago Public Schools, and he holds that position from 1995 to 2001. Now, Okay, so there's there's a few things that that he like really likes. One is insulating schools entirely and, and, and insulating any mechanism and any sort of like part of how a school works from any kind of community democratic control. Chicago used to have these sort of like democratic councils that could like do stuff within the school. And Vowels is like, fuck that. We're getting rid of all that shit. Like, absolutely not. Um, the other thing he loves is charter schools. So we, we, we should explain what a charter school is. Yeah. So, OK, uh, the, the way a charter school works is that instead of like the state or like the city or a town or like a local government running a school, which is the way that schools normally work, you instead give out a charter to either like technically an NGO or just a for profit company. And then that company takes a bunch of tax money, like takes tax money that would have gone to a public school and then uses it to run their own fucking school. So like it is it is privatization that they've relabeled like charter, quote unquote, because if they actually called it privatization to schools, people would fucking hate it. And Vallis loves this shit. This is this is what he spends most of his time across, like on multiple continents doing schools bullshit, like attempting to push for um, the other specific thing that he really likes. This and this this is like this is sort of the, the, the Paul Vallis signature like classic thing is military academies. They used to like basically not be military academies in Chicago. And Vallis is like, we're going to open so many fucking military academies. And so he does. And these are, these are like regular. And the thing is, okay. Like there are sort of like disciplinary quote unquote military academies, which is like you get sent there instead of prison. These are like, just like normal schools that are like quote unquote military academies. But these schools, like they're, they're barely schools. Like there, there, there are a lot of people who went to these schools who in multiple cities, and we'll, we'll get into more of this sort of later when we get to Philly, but like, People will go to these schools and like their textbooks have pages torn out of them, and like they're <laughs> which bad. pages? Which pages, man? I, you know, here's the thing, right? You you would think this is like a like a kind of like Republican style, like uh, uh, we're taking out the pages that talk about like Columbus being bad. Like, no, 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 just yeah. random fucking like just pages torn out of it because they, they these schools don't have any fucking money. Like they don't have extracurriculars. Like they just, they just like don't have sports. They just don't have like anything to fucking do. Um. And then this is another thing with charter schools. So, all right, if if you want to like be a regular teacher, you have to have like teaching teaching certificates. Right. Uh, if so you work you at a charter school, yeah. So I, I think that it, the standards depend on the state. Some of them, I, th- I think Illinois is like two thirds of the teachers have to have teaching certificates. 
But that means that a lot of kids are being taught by teachers with no teaching certificates, which is like, you know, I, I that, that te- teaching, in, it turns out, is not, in fact, easy enough that you can just put a random person there who doesn't know how to do it and, you know, like have kids be taught correctly. <laughs> I thought and these military academies, gonna... <laughs> these military academies, they have teachers who just like don't fucking teach. Right. Like they're 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 just a complete shit show. But he opens a bunch of these. And. But okay, and the, the the other big thing the Valus is supposed to, and this is the thing, all all the people who like Valus would do this thing where they're like, he's like a budget wizard, and he's like the guy, he's like the technocrat, like smart policy want guy who you bring in to like like bail out a school district that's underwater financially, and oh boy, oh boy, is that not true? He okay, so there there there's there's a very good report called Passing the Buck, which is written by. The Action Center on Race and the Economy, or ACRE, which I recommend people, look, genuinely, people should go read this. It's like 12 pages long. It's very short. And like, a, a, like it's not even 12, like three of those pages are citations. Um, and th- they, they wrote a report on, on Vallis' time in various school districts. And here's some of the shit that he did to make it look like he had his, balance, his budget balanced. So, all right, let's, let's talk about his pension scheme. I feel like I actually should explain how pensions work because like nobody fucking has them anymore. So a pension is a thing where, like, you, the worker, or in this case, like, Chicago teachers, you take some of your current pay, and instead of taking the money now, it gets taken out of your paycheck and put towards a pension fund to fund your retirement. And then this fund is invested in the stock market to get returns to pay out pensions that, like, support you when you retire, right? Yeah. So in 1999, Vallis was like, oh, hey, the Chicago pension system is funded, so we're going to take the teacher's money and use it to pay other budget shortfalls? <laughs> Great. So this is good. Um anyways, uh, after he does this for for 13 consecutive years, Chicago stops paying into its pension system altogether. And <laughs> the result of this is a 9.6 billion dollar hole in the pension system that Chicago has to like pay off. And this is a huge part of like where the sort of modern like budget deficits in Chicago come yeah. from, like things that are used to like justify shutting schools down is that <laughs> like they just didn't pay into this. They just stopped paying into the pensions and instead took the money that they're supposed to go to teachers and use it to like make their budgets look clean. So if he, if, if he had just done this, it would have been bad enough. But, but Vallis is like, is a very, very specific kind of like neoliberal technocrat dipshit. And that kind of neoliberal technocrat dipshit is the, the, the extremely interested in financial instruments guy who was like a kind of person that I think I think we see less of these days because most not, the modern version of this are like crypto people, right? But back in like the nineties and two thousands, there were a bunch of guys whose things were like really really convoluted financial instruments, and everyone thought they were fucking geniuses. Um, now now if if, if you if you were alive in two thousand eight, you know where this is going. But Vallis, the second thing he does to sort of like be, like quote unquote balance his budget sheet is he takes out the government equivalent of a payday loan. <laughs> so here, here's here's a passing the buck quote Vallis literally borrowed against Chicago school children's futures when he took out a 666 million dollars in capital appreciation bonds also I, when, when I said he was like a, like a demon he took out 666 <laughs> yeah. million dollars went with a satanic loan <laughs> yeah yeah we're, we're doing the satanic panic but for mm-hmm. uh, this guy who fucking yep. sucks 
So yeah, uh, he took out the loans and capital appreciation bonds, a form of debt in which the borrower pays nothing for several years, but then has to pay very large sums to make up for skipped payments. <laughs> capital appreciation bond, CAB, is a long-term bond with compounding interest on which the borrower is not permitted to make any principal or interest payments for many years. But the interest still... It, it yeah, accrues. It's still accrues. But you're not that allowed to pay. Like it. A, why would we? Why would you take that? Why would you? Why would you do that? That seems like a really bad decision. Oh, it's a terrible. It's a terrible decision. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big so, money guy. But Valis's assumption was that like, okay, well, we don't have any money now, but property values will continue to go up and just, just like, keep going up forever. <laughs> so we can pay this bond back when we have money from higher from property taxes and in in uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish this thing on on these these just dog shit bonds. In this way, it is similar to a negative amortization mortgage in which the outstanding principal actually grows over time because the unpaid interest gets tacked on to the amount owed in compounds. <laughs> yeah, very amusingly, uh, California was doing something similar to this with, uh, with restitution payments recently or some some place in california were and at least in one case that i looked into for a story i wrote it was it was ruled illegal under the eighth amendment oh my god <laughs> like, <laughs> a cruel and unusual interest payment there's, it's there, good there, to see that chicago is doing it to oh, itself. We did this for a fucking bo- yeah there's actually a funny story about this that, like one of the side stories of this is that the guy who's running the school system in uh california like gets this same offer from like bond salesman people and he's like no what the fuck this is the dumbest <laughs> thing i've ever seen <laughs> well valis does this valis is gonna do this in multiple cities so i'm, I'm gonna finish reading this thing because yeah. of this structure borrowers often end up paying extraordinarily high interest rates over the lifetime of the bonds former california state treasurer bill lockney called cabs the school district equivalent of a payday loan so the result of this is that out of the, the 666.2 million dollars, right, that Valis takes out, they pay 1.5 billion dollars in interest. The interest rate over the lifetime of this bond is 223%. Good lord. This is the guy who's supposed to be like the really smart technocrat reformer yeah. guy who understands financial stuff who you bring in to like solve school districts and he took out a loan with 223% fucking interest. <laughs> th- this is this is the kind of interest rate that in the words of David Graeber were once reserved for organized crime and now is <laughs> and, you know normally normally this kind of loan is like a thing it's like this is like a very predatory sort of like yeah. this, is a, this is like a predatory banking thing. Valis did this to himself on purpose. <laughs> Because he's dumb. And I mean, also, like, he's trying... I mean, and p- part, of, part of the other sort of undercurrent of this, it's not just that he's really stupid, it's that he's trying to pay off his buddies in the in, in the finance sector. Yeah. And, th- you know, this is the other part of the story, right? It's like all of these all these school districts just get fucking looted to pay off these, like, fucking stupid-ass hedge funds. And then he just bounces somewhere else and leaves them yeah. to deal with it. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, so I, I talked a bit earlier about how... Like, Valis' assumption on these bonds was like, well, it'll be fine because, well, the housing markets will keep going up forever. But then 2008 happens. And this has a bunch of effects. One of the big ones is that uh, Valis was taking out bonds with variable interest rates. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Now, okay, we have talked about this on this show before, right? There are entire countries, there are like entire, like, like multinational political movements that don't exist. There are entire countries who fucking don't have manufacturing sectors anymore. Like there are, there are places where the life expectancy fell by 20 years 
because their 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 fucking leaders took out these kind of of like yeah. variable interest rate loans and got destroyed when the interest rate spikes. And guess what happened in Chicago? Interest rate spikes. And okay, so Vallis's successors look at this and are like, "This is the stupidest fucking." You know, well, but, okay. So Vallis's successor, by the way, is Arnie Duncan, who's the guy that Obama puts in charge of uh of of uh the Department of uh, Education, and. Arnie Duncan is like, okay, do you know how we're going to solve the problem of these, these, the, the, the risk from these adjustable rate interest rates? Credit default swabs. Oh God. So, <laughs> all right. For, I, I'm not going to explain how a credit default yeah. swap works because it's fucking annoying as hell. But credit default swaps are one of the thing, are like one of the like very specific financial instruments that are um, that are like specifically responsible for the 2008 collapse. Yes. And now these technically aren't credit default swaps, right? These these are technically what are called interest default swap or like interest swaps, and they're but they're exactly the same thing as a credit as a credit default swap, but instead of credit, it's interest. So the the, the, okay. the underlying asset, right, is like a is a bond and not like a loan or whatever. But otherwise, it's exactly the same thing. And this this man, you know, and the, these these swaps have this thing where like if you can't pay, you get these like unbelievably high like fees that start happening. So uh, but when, when these bonds blow up, uh, they they managed to cost they they managed to cost Chicago another thirty one million dollars because their credit default swap just blew Christ. up. <laughs> so, all right, so this guy's in two thousand two. In two thousand two, he ran for governor against Rob fucking Blagojevich. Who is Rob Blago uh, Blago? Who is Rob Blagojevich? You just do the first syllable and then let your lips take the rest. Uninitiated. <laughs> And Vallis sucks so much that Rob Blagojevich is able to outflank him on the left by 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 running against him, saying, "Hey, look at all these schools he privatized." And so he gets clobbered in the primaries by Rob fucking Blagojevich, the man who. Okay, so I this is a, we will cover this one day at Foley on the show because it's really funny. But Rob Blagojevich is the man most famous for getting arrested for trying to sell Obama's Senate seat. <laughs> <laughs> like he he tried to shy. sell a senate seat. <laughs> God, God. Oh, he's oh he's amazing. He's now just on Tucker talking about political persecution. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, it's great. Extremely funny. Oh yeah, he was on yesterday, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> talking about, about Trump's it, being persecuted. Trump's indict, yeah, <laughs> how he was persecuted first, and now Trump is being persecuted yeah, too. It's yeah, amazing. Perfect. It's great. Really, really the canary in the coal mine of, <laughs> <laughs> of grifters. Hey, of grifting politicians. Look, Garrison, look, if they, if they can go after Rob Blagojevich for trying to sell Obama's Senate seat, they could go after you for trying to sell Barack Obama's Senate seat. <laughs> That's true. You know who yeah. else is trying to sell Barack Obama's Senate seat? Uh, the products and services that support this very podcast? No, they're illegally not allowed to do that. None of them would ever commit a crime. I, Under any circumstances, I still Ooh. think I uh, I I think a fair number of these corporations probably engage in some some that, sort of political that's lobbying. True. Yeah, that's true. But I I, I don't. I don't. They're think trying any to of buy him a Senate seat, Garrison. That's, that's yeah, totally that's, that's different. different. That's different. Not You're the right. same. Not You're the right. same. Totally fine. Thanks, Ronald Reagan. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. 
It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. What up, everyone? It's Lunchbox from the Bobby Bone Show, and I'm here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get you anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, we're back, and we're now we're we're now we're now sending Vallis to our. I, I don't I don't actually know if Chicago and Philadelphia are sister cities, but like I think they should be. I don't know. I'm I, I am very in favor of the Chicago Philadelphia alliance. Same vibe. Yeah. So well, he they, they both stood in for Gotham City in the Christopher Nolan trilogy. So <laughs> it's true. There you go. You're doing a you Bagman reference again. There's there's a whole. There are like so many different specific. David Gibber writes about this. Like there, there are so many different like parts of places where they filmed like the Dark Knight, where people tried to protest and got arrested yes. for blocking the road. Like this happened in multiple <laughs> cities. <sighs> yeah, no one wants a city to turn into LA, so you have to stand up against that shit immediately. <laughs> yeah, do not let it happen in your hood. Yeah, it could, it could happen here. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so after Valis gets clobbered in 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 the mayoral race, uh, he gets brought in by Philadelphia to try to like fix their school system, and he uh, excuse me, his plan to do this is by uh, doing a bunch of military academies again, and then doing also doing <laughs> charter schools. And is- so I, I should I should explain like his other sort of. So the the big sort of rationale thing behind charter schools is school choice, which is this oh, yeah. thing that was specifically invented as a way to let racist parents avoid integration. Yeah. This is like goes along with sort of the invention of the homeschooling movement. We've talked about this in other episodes. But he's like a huge like Vallis to this day is a giant like school choice guy. Um 
and then, you know, but the other thing, the other thing about Valis, I, I don't think people realize that much. Is she, she, even though he's a Republican a lot of the time, like he kind of flips back and forth between being a Democrat, and being a Republican. But he's, he's just, like, a, if, after he loses to Rob, or even, even sort of before that, like he, he is an actual sort of Chicago machine guy. And because he's a Chicago machine guy, when he gets into Philly, the stuff that he, he starts doing this stuff where he, like, He'll just like in like he he takes over the school district and like fires a bunch of people and like installs his cronies and all these departments and all these people are getting like he's like buying off people with budget allocations. And he starts selling off buildings to raise money. So he sells off like the district headquarters in order to buy like a more expensive district headquarters. And here's a quote from the book Not Paid for Us, which is a really, really great book about sort of the, the history of racism in education in Philadelphia. And this this is a quote from a uh, longtime activist, Leroy Simmons, before I start reading this. The, the district headquarters was called 21st and Parkway. There was doors in 21st and Parkway worth $1 million. Them big brass doors in the front, those doors were worth $1 million with all the carving on them. People don't know how much they got for it to this day. I can't get an answer about how much did you sell that building for? <laughs> Where the money went... The school district sold 21st and Parkway in a package with Kennedy Center. There were brand new trucks parked at Kennedy Center. They had forgot were there. <laughs> there was a printing press in the Kennedy Center that could print all new magazines and they never used. There were books and calculators. And every time I went through there, there were boxes of unused stuff in the Kennedy Center. And nobody knew. And they sold that and the contents in the package with 21st and Parkway. Nobody knew how much that was. There was some art that was priceless on the walls at 21st and Parkway. No one can find the art. <laughs> there were priceless pieces of art hanging in schools across the city. And all that was sold in a package and nobody saw where it went. Are <laughs> you normal? Yeah. So like, like all, and this is, this is again, this is like, this is classic Chicago corruption shit, right? Like we're not going to say how much we sold this building for. We're not going to say who would, who we sold it to. Like, we're, we're, we're going to build a more expensive building. Uh, and, you know, if you look into the, if you look into who the contractors are, it's like always someone's uncle or like brother or some shit. Um, there's just, you know, like there's just printing presses that are gone, like priceless works of art just vanish. It's like, this is, this is like, you know, it's sort of inc inc incredible sort of Chicago political machine stuff. Um, and, and this goes into a, a thing about, I think the Chicago political machine that, that is really interesting, which is that these people are like, on the one hand, they're unbelievably corrupt. On the other hand, a lot of them are sort of real, like, hardline, like, doctrinaire neoliberals. And this is, I mean, this is sort of the thing with Arnie Duncan, right? Like, like Obama actually comes out of this machine, too, when he's a lot more sort of, like, doctrinaire about this stuff than the sort of modern people are. And, you know, and Val is just, like, one of the, the, the sort of, like, big guys here. And, you know, so he, he's really, really in favor of charter schools, and so they get enormous amounts of money. Um, he also does this thing. He, he yeah, th this is um, also from Not Pay For Us. He funnels money into just like a shit ton of NGOs in order to like do education programming or whatever. And so there's a sort of constellation that forms of these like you have, you have these corporations doing like education stuff or like running schools. And then you have these like nonprofits running like the like the education material. And, and it's it's this sort of like. This this is sort of arch neoliberal thing where instead of the state administering a service, what you have is this like basically a bunch of like contracting grifters who come in and suck up all of the money and then provide absolutely dog shit services. Now, I'm going to read another quote from this book because the people they are paying these contracts to are fucking wild. 
Um, the, the the SRC is like one of the the, the bodies that's in charge of uh, like one of the state bodies that's in charge of like the, the the Philadelphia school district. One of the SRC's most problematic contracts was with K twelve Inc for three million dollars to quote provide academic and curriculum support, access to K 12s online curriculum and assessments, academic enrichment via summer and extended day programs, professional development, teacher planning and training materials, and community involvement activities. Conservative radio talk show host William Bennett was the founder of K-12 Inc. He had been an advisor to former presidents Ronald Reagan and George H.W. Bush. (laughs) During a show in 2005, he said the following, and this is a direct quote. If you want to reduce crime, you could, if that was your sole purpose, you could abort every black baby in this country and and your crime rate would go down. That would be an impossibly ridiculous and morally reprehensible thing to do, but your crime rate would go down. So they paid this guy three million fucking dollars to, <laughs> like, to bolster Vallis's uh, pro-choice uh, credentials. I, I assume I, I, this is this, this is the most pro-choice thing I've ever seen from him. Is is the genocide guy? Because it's because, because it's genocide. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. eugenics guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you see, they all have a uh, they all have a weakness. <sighs> that is. Uh, has anyone looked at the curriculum that they're providing? <clears throat> I'm. I, here's the thing. It's unclear to me that they ever like actually really provided much of anything. It does sound like a like if you were going to make up a company to grift out of the education system, K twelve Inc would be a great name. Yeah, and and, then, and that's that's the thing about like all these charter schools too, right? It's like a, like okay, so like there are some for profit corporations who do charter school stuff and they stick in the charter school business because they they decide that's how they want to make their money. A lot of these things come in, take a state contract, the school immediately implodes and then leave, and then they just walk out with a million dollars. And this is like, a, this is a recurring pattern over and over again with charter schools. Um, he also brings in Teach for America, who is this like just genuinely evil organization that tries to break teachers unions by recruiting these like incredibly idealistic and naive young college grads and like throwing them into like, into failing schools as this thing to like, Ah, you're gonna like go serve the community and like uh uh you know you're you'll learn on the job and you'll you'll become an educator and you're like helping these disadvantaged kids. And it's a disaster. These 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 people, the people who do this have no fucking idea how to teach because they, they you know they don't have teaching certificates, right? They're just like college grads. And any any yeah. of you have been around college grads, like you you think those people are responsible enough to fucking <laughs> teach kids? Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I remember that was like a big Thing. Like I don't know if it still happens or not, but I can remember writing. Oh, it like, still does. Uh, yeah, reference letters for students like 10, 15 years ago for that. Yeah, like I, I mean, I, I know I had to like talk out classmates of mine like out of doing it because we were like, you are doing, you are doing union busting, and also this will destroy your life and the life of the children you have to teach. Yeah, it's a very strange system that yeah takes someone who, by virtue of having any degree, is is automatically an educator. But to be fair, that is how universities work as well. Yeah. You get get your master's degree, and then they're like, "Well, fuck it, get in there, well, <laughs> give I mean, it your they'll, best they'll shot." Just, they'll just give you grad students with no degrees, right? Like, that's that's a thing too. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, to 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 get to get another sense of like the the other thing that's happening here is is he has this really Valos has this really really racist kind of like we need to like enforce discipline in schools thing. And so they have all these, and this happens in Chicago too. They have these like zero tolerance policies that have done, I mean, irreparable damage to like tens of thousands of kids. Um, I'm, I'm going to read, I'm going to read a thing from tribe about uh, Philadelphia quote, test results were posted on data walls in the school buildings to show which classes were making the most progress. 
Whoa. It was humiliating, said Grill, who's a teacher. A lot of our kids were left behind, were behind, and a lot, of, a lot of our kids suffered trauma, and trauma affects the way you learn. So they were behind, they weren't on grade level, and it made them feel like failures. I hated giving those tests. Wow. Yeah. 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 People like to be wrong about George Orwell, but that, that, that is some Orwellian shit yeah, right there. It's just like, and like, it's these are like shaming. fucking, yeah, it's like, like, these are like, these are literally children. Like you are, you are publicly shaming people who are like twelve. It's just, it's just yeah. horrible. Yeah, that, that like we've known for a very long time that that doesn't work when yeah. you're educating kids. Like, I have done pedagogy training and like, yeah, they, no, no one with any intent to actually help kids is shaming kids in the classroom or, yeah. or young people or anyone of any age for that matter. I just checked out what K twelve Inc are doing. It's great. Uh, they're now offering online high school. Oh great! <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can go to the oh, Faith no. Prep Academy and oh, no. uh, develop Christian character and oh. uh, find. Yeah, yeah. This is great. Uh, this is this is what I this is what our youth need. <sighs> yeah, it sucks. So, um, the other thing again, uh, we I, I mean, keep circling around with this because it happens a bunch of times. But like again, Valis's whole thing is supposed to be about like about balancing budgets, right? Uh, in two thousand seven, by the time he's like. Like at the near the end of his like time in Philly, he's fucked everything up so badly that that for in in like just one year of the budget, Philly schools were seventy three million dollars in the hole. <clears throat> now the, the the thing about this is this is where most stories about Valis's time in 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 Philadelphia end. But wait, there's fucking more. So, so th- th- that seventy three million dollars shortfall was was the one year shortfall, right? Remember back in Chicago where Valis's like variable interest rate bonds like blew up in the schools' faces. Um, this time, Vallis is the guy directly who did the credit default swaps, and, uh, these, these, the interest rates on these things are locked in literally for decades, and just, like, like, some of these aren't expiring until, like, 2031, right? And just so far, they've cost $161 million. <laughs> Great. Yeah, and test, test scores fucking go down under him. It's a oh, shit yeah. show. Yeah. And so, 2007, they kick him out, because they're like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, the place they kick him out to is is, and you're you're not gonna like this post Hurricane Katrina, New Orleans. Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah, what? Yeah, why? Why do we have to inflict like the fail sons of neoliberalism on the people of New Orleans? It's gonna get worse, by the way. Okay, great. Yeah. Um. So th- this is really bad, right? Uh, New Orleans now. Okay, so I think. There's there there's some kind of controversy about how exactly you calculate this. At the very least, sixty three out of the sixty six like New Orleans like big like sorry let me let me rephrase it. At the very least, sixty three out of the sixty six like schools that they run, at, like at the very least, like that that are directly run by the state are charter schools. Um, there's three more that are also charter schools but are kind of administrated by the district. So there, there is a huge debate as to whether there are technically any public schools left in, 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 in fucking New Orleans. Jesus. Yeah. They fired like, and this, this, this was, this was before Vallis came into office, but in New Orleans, they fired the entire, every teacher in the fucking city. They fired all the union, literally all the union teachers replaced them with non-union people. Um, Vallis comes in and, uh, starts implementing some shit that is just like, I like, Prison camp shit. Oh god. Uh, here's from here's from Tribe again. According to Bygard, 
a lot of kids were arrested for, quote, disruption of a school process. If they showed up late to class and refused to be kicked out for tardiness, and again, they are being arrested. <laughs> for refuse, yeah, for, for wanting to stay in school. Yeah. Black kids, uh, black girls were arrested for having, quote, rat tail combs, which have long, sharp oh, handles sake. for braiding hair. Yeah. In one instance, Bygard said a six-year-old student was expelled and charged with possession and distribution of a controlled substance because he brought Tums to school and gave them to his <laughs> classmates thinking they were candy. <laughs> what the fuck? They charged <laughs> yeah. a six-year-old. Yeah. yeah. Ah, God. Yeah, the, the levels of fucking cruelty that have to exist. Like, a cop has to see a six-year-old and not be like, oh, lol, those are Tums. Like, the kids probably shouldn't eat too many of those. They Let me go candy. tell them. They didn't know yeah. they were candy because he's six. Yeah. Six. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Fucking <sighs> hell. Just, like, just, just genuinely, like, uh, abhorrently evil shit. Yeah. See, this is like... A, Maybe now is a good time to point out that, like, uh, in the wake of yet another terrible school shooting, people will want to put more cops in schools. This is what happens when we put yeah. cops in schools, right? They brutalize our fucking children. Yeah. And, and like, it's not... It, yeah, like, the state doing violence to children is not the way we protect children. Yeah. That's what I want to say. The more your school represents the, 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 the levels of law enforcement that are in a prison camp, the more the actual experience of the children will become like prison camps. Yes, the moment. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But also, just literally. I mean, that's, God, I, <laughs> I love to go to the Panopticon High School, Garrison. What are you talking about? I just the, the Panopticon High School, where if you don't, if you don't get kicked out of your fucking class for being late, they arrest you. Foucault moment again. <laughs> yeah, and just so speaking. Speaking of disciplining <laughs> and punishing. So these charter schools, they do think that charter schools always do, right? Which is sometimes if, you know, if, if you look at people who talk about educational reform, they'll be like, charter schools have like really great like test numbers. And A, that's just like not true, right? That they're only looking at the, at the really good charter schools. But, you know, here's the thing. If you give a public school the amount of money that a really good charter school has, it will also be a really good school. But, th but there's a second yeah. thing that charter schools can do that other schools can't, which is that charter schools can just fucking kick students out. And this is one of the ways that they, they maintain their test yeah. numbers is they just kick out kids over and over again. You don't do who aren't initially doing well on tests. Like you don't have to teach them and like bother to improve their test scores. And in New Orleans, they get in trouble because the kids they were kicking out were kids with disabilities who they were illegally. Fuck. Yeah, who they were illegally not like giving individual education plans to. And also they were. OK, this is everything, right? These charter schools are all run by different private corporations. And so there's no system of tracking whether when a kid gets kicked out, whether they can actually get it, go to another school. So they're just leaving these disabled kids like in the fucking wind with no school to go to. And this, this this was so illegal that after a lawsuit, like I, I think it might still be going to this day. It was going like 2014, like the school, the, the Philadelphia school system was like under receivership by the federal government because they committed so many <laughs> crimes against disabled students. Jesus Christ, that is brutal. Yeah, it's awful. Fuck no! Sorry, this stuff makes me sick. I've worked in education yeah. for a lot of my adult life, and this shit makes me furious. Yeah, I, I, I just want to want you two to guess where, where do you think they sent Paul Vallis next after he got kicked out of I I try, of, of trying to run uh, of, of New Orleans? <laughs> Austin, did they send him to set up a uh, finishing school for girls in Kabul? No, but uh, uh, similar similar vibes. Oh, for fuck's sake! Dude, it's outside the continental U.S. Yes. It's not Iraq. No. Uh, 
Puerto Rico? It's, it no, Haiti? but closer. It's after Haiti. the earthquake. It's That's Haiti so after the earthquake. Yep. Right. Yep. So now we've talked about this before on the show. In 2010, there was a just unbelievably heart-wrenchingly catastrophic earthquake. It killed 220,000 yeah. people and also destroyed like almost every building in Haiti. And this kicks off phase two of the UN occupation of the country. We, we talked about this in our episodes on Lula and Bolsonaro. This, this, is, this is when the UN guys from Nepal bring in uh, cholera and cholera. a bunch of the population, right? Yeah. Um, so right after this happens, so the US just like sends Marines in, right? And they, they don't, no one in Haiti asked for it. We just, we just fucking invade. Yeah. Um, and they bring in Paul Vallis, and specific, like specifically Paul Vallis and also Arnie Duncan, who's, again, Obama's fucking uh, education secretary, yeah. gets bring in to rebuild the Haitian school system on the New Orleans model. Now, okay, weirdly, if they had actually implemented the New Orleans model, it would have been an improvement because the, the, the way the Haitian school system worked was it was 90% private and the tuition was 40% yeah. of someone's annual budget, like a, like a family's annual budget. Yeah, I got so, lots of friends in Haiti who couldn't afford to pay for school yeah went broke it's, trying it's fucking horrible yeah. um valis is supposed to like change this right he gets brought in they bring in the clinton foundation and instead what happens is the clinton foundation buys a bunch <laughs> okay. of trailers to use as schools for the from from specifically the same people who got in trouble for selling formaldehyde ridden trailers to fema during katrina <laughs> and then <laughs> good stuff you know okay another, another thing that i i i i can't emphasize enough what are they called that grift trailer ink or something yeah, they fucking suck. Well, but also, also, even if the trailers were good, right? There, there's a real issue with trying to use trailers to teach kids in a place that is hot. Yeah, which is that it is a hundred fucking degrees inside these trailers. These trailers are made of metal, so if you touch the side of the thing, you get burned. Kids, people, people who like teachers who were taught there routinely talk about how like every kid in their every kid in their fucking class was having heat stroke, and they were just like giving them painkillers for heat stroke because that's all they could do. Jeez. And yeah, you know, it is punishingly hot if you haven't yeah. like that, worked in that part of the world a lot. And it is, it's hard yeah. enough without being in a tin can. Yeah. And no, Valis's fucking education reform, they don't fucking work. Like, they don't do shit, right? Haiti's <laughs> education system is still fucked. Uh, despite all the money the Clinton Foundation and like all these experts got paid, like it's still really bad. Uh, Valis, like, specifically, like, very specifically defended the use of trailers as like a thing you teach people in. Um, yeah, and, you know, this stuff all continues to the, 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 the present day. The U.S. has been trying to find another excuse, trying to find a way to do another intervention in Haiti. So he's still on the New Orleans job, I think, while he's doing this Haiti job. And then he takes another job in Chile? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? I, I don't know. The people, people get, well, because cause the, the, uh, the, the Inter-American Development Bank gives him half a million dollars to run 2,000 schools there. So again, he's now, he's now splitting his time between oh, New God. Orleans, Haiti, and Chile. And it's, it's almost impossible to find. I, I spent a lot of time looking. It's like, it's really hard to find like anything about what actually he was doing in Chile. What we do know is when, when he got there, he was met by the enormous 2011 uh, Chilean student protests. Which then later yeah. turned into the 2013 Chilean student protests, which turned into the 2015 Chilean student protests, which turned into the 2019 Chilean student protests. <laughs> so, you know, Respect. I mean, I, I just I just want to like you. you it is possible to run Paul Vallis out of your country. A, a couple of different places or, or at least your school district or also your country. A couple of places have done it. And then so after that, they sent him to Bridgeport, Connecticut, for some reason. 
where he gets run out after doing like he gets he 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 flees Connecticut like trying to escape a lawsuit about all the illegal anti-union stuff that he did. <laughs> I really love the image of someone trying to desperately flee from Connecticut. It's yeah. So <laughs> It's so small. How how hard yeah. is it to leave Connecticut? It seems pretty you easy. You have to like jump over the line. I mean, the one that, the one that, the one that the video I actually want to see is him getting out of Philly. See, see, getting out of Philly sounds actually hard. Yeah, getting out of just yeah, Connecticut, Connecticut is like, come on, come on. Yeah, the video I want to see is him getting sent back to Haiti by himself. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's called a call to violence. So he runs in, again in, t- in 2014. So Blagojevich gets arrested for, you know, selling the Senate seat. And he tries to run for lieutenant governor on on a, a, a slate on a, like a, thing, a ticket with Pat Quinn, who had been the governor because he'd been the lieutenant governor under Blagojevich. And they like act, they managed to lose in Illinois to a Republican, <laughs> which is like a thing that should not happen unless a Democrat like really fuck up, which I mean, it happens. Right. But. Like Wait, yeah, so he, are you, he are you loses. Democrats can make can make electoral mistakes. Are you sure? To be I've fair, never, to I've be fair, to be fair, this one wasn't e- this wasn't even an electoral thing. This was just the guy tried to sell a fucking Senate seat, and people were so mad at him. <laughs> the next election, they're like, "We will vote for Bruce Rauner, who is just like a fucking absolute dipshit." But okay, so he so he he has now lost two consecutive runs for governor, right? Governor and lieutenant yeah. governor. Now, this year he he actually there was he would he had another bid where he was maybe gonna run and then he stopped. And now now he is one of the candidates for the mayor of Chicago. Now, while while he's been doing his campaigning for this, some other fun stuff has been happening. Um so he has an absolutely unlistenable podcast. Like, oh, I, no. I, I, oh no! There he is, a podcast. No, oh. no Mia, yeah. please, no. no okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I, I considered, I considered pulling yeah, no. clips from this, and then I was no. like, I'm not. I can't inflict this on you. Absolutely it's too, not. It sucks That's too not much. Ha- I, I, yeah, no. I would simply leave this Zoom call. I'm not. I'm just gonna like. I'm just gonna uh, talk about one of the things that he said. A couple of things that he. Well, okay, one that he said on this, and one that he said on a different show. Um, one of the things was he he starts ranting about this thing called culturally responsive teaching, which is this kind of liberal like anti racist. The other CRT. Thing. Yeah, this this is a big thing. Like, if, if if anyone ever starts talking about culturally responsive teaching and starts yelling about it like they're a racist, like that, those are the only people who like actually like consistently. I mean, like. It's not like there aren't criticisms of it, but like almost everyone who talks about this on like a school board level is like a a really yeah. weird racist guy. So he starts raving about how this means that everyone's gonna get handed a copy of Mao's little red book and then Based. says, quote, What is this? The cultural revolution? <laughs> now, we have covered the cultural revolution over the course of the show and the Atlanta episodes, and I, I I'm just gonna simply say no <laughs> and move on to read this unbelievably racist thing that he said i'm just gonna read this it's it's real bad but for that matter if you're a black child do you go home and listen to your parent when your parent has failed to be successful in addressing the ways these historically racist obstacles that have denied them a chance to equal opportunity uh here's the guy he's talking to paul i wonder if you're a black kid why don't you become a criminal if you're hearing this stuff in school everyone with the white skin is an oppressor if you're black skin you're the oppressed that makes it pretty easy to justify any b- pretty bad conduct in my in my opinion you're absolutely right says uh, this is Val comes back 
But what you're also doing, you're giving these you're giving people an excuse for bad behavior. You're almost justifying his rants about Kim Fox. So you're right. You're absolutely right. Where's the accountability? You're the victim. What's happening is it becomes a justification for everything. And I think that's a very dangerous thing. <laughs> so v- 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 wow. is arguing that talking about racism is actually a thing that encourages black people to do crime, which is like, what? That sounds that sounds kind of racist, Mia. I mean, I, yeah. Just a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Like, just off he, the bat. <laughs> he may be a white supremacist. I, I, just, Gives off racist like, vibes. Yeah. Um, so speaking of racist vibes, uh, his son is a cop in no. I think, Santa Fe, and he was one of three cops who shot a black guy in the back after calling him boy. Um, the cops, oh, including Vela's, was- yeah, they start screaming boy at him, and they shoot him in the back, and the cops, including Vela's, son, claim to have found a gun next to his body. Um, in, 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 in a completely unrelated story, U.S. Special Forces units in Afghanistan routinely carried AK-47s in the combat zone so they could drop them next to the body of people they <laughs> killed guns. in order to declare them insurgents. This has no relation to the previous story at all. I am simply relaying facts. <laughs> <sighs> Two interesting and unrelated stories. Yeah. Didn't Vallis also... Is he's the guy who claimed his Twitter was hacked, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah. But very, very way back at the beginning of this episode, I, I talked a bit about the, the, the racism against Lloyd Lightfoot. And like one of the tweets that he liked is a tweet like calling Lori a man, like Lori Lightfoot a man. <sighs> like it's just unbelievably racist, like homophobic, transphobic yeah. shit. And he claims that his account was hacked and people were liking tweets without his <laughs> yeah. permission. Yeah, right. That's all they did. They just liked some racist yeah. tweets. There's like a bunch of other like and the other thing is like, OK, like, Paul Vells doesn't, like, actually live in Chicago. We should mention this. He lives in, like, he claims to live in Palos Heights, which is also not Chicago. But it's unclear whether he even lives there or if he's in, like, some kind of, like, even more insane outlying suburb that's even less Chicago than this yeah. stuff is. And he, like, he likes... He liked he kept, one of the things like, he kept liking tweets calling it like shit Chicago and stuff and it's like well yeah it's because he doesn't live in the city like he's not actually yeah. like these are like he, a bunch of his support a bunch of the money he's getting are from like deranged suburban like reactionaries and okay so I, I want to tell one last story about him that pisses me off a lot which is the story of Awake Illinois so Awake Illinois is like Illinois's version of Protect Texas Kids it's a group that does Nazi protests at drag events. Um, they managed oh, to destroy great. a bakery called Uprising for trying to hold a drag bun- brunch. So the, 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 the Awake did all this thing of like, ah, this, they're, they're grooming kids. And then the Proud Boys showed up and attacked it. And then someone like vandalized it. And they nearly had to close the entire bakery until a GoFundMe raised $30,000 for them to survive. They are like these people are unbelievably homophobic. They, they rant about groomers constantly. They're like really transphobic. Anyways, Paul Vallis spoke at one of their fundraisers. Oh, God. So after this came out, Vallis distanced himself from the group, saying he didn't know what they represented and just wanted to support school choice. Awake responded by going, hey, what the fuck? You absolutely know who we are. And they released another video of Vallis at another Awake event where he said that Awake's president, Shannon Adcock, should run for governor. So if elected, would I probably be the most openly homophobic Democratic like mayor in the country, which is a pretty wild like. Which is a pretty yeah, wild thought, claim, but, like, I, I can't think of anyone else who actually, like, showed up at an event where people are just screaming about groomers. Like. <laughs> yeah, not for Democrats. He is just a Republican. Like, he's, he's like, a, like a pretty right-wing 
like Republican yeah. who runs as a Democrat because the Chicago political machine is also just so far right. I thought this was because Laurie Lightfoot defunded the police for me. Uh, I thought that's what happened, and, and people want the police back. That's what that's what I that's what I was told. You know, the, th- the thing that's actually very funny about the elections is like, so there there is elections for these like police district councils, which are supposed to be these like civilian oversight boards. Yeah, and the like reform there there's kind of there was an alliance of sort of like reform, defund, and abolitionist candidates, and they did fucking amazing, and the pro police candidates got fucking clobbered. <laughs> And then meanwhile, every single national story about the election right. was like, Chicago, yeah. crime. I was like, you guys yeah. don't understand how much everyone here hates the police. Like, I, like they murdered a 13-year-old, like, fucking two years ago. I, <sighs> yeah, good parachute but, journalism. Yeah, I, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hedge my thing here by saying there's so much other Paul Vallis shit I couldn't fit. Like, I, I really wanted to talk about Keith Thornton, who is Chicago's George Santos, who, like... His thing is that he stole 9-11 Dispatcher Valor and is like keep showing up in pictures with Valis. Just just Google Keith Thornton and you will have a good time. But like there, there are so many other Valis things that he did that are awful. There are probably things that he's done that we'll never know about because he did them in like, I don't know, like like what the fuck he was doing in Chile. We probably yeah. won't ever know all the things he did in Haiti. Uh, yeah, don't let this guy become the fucking mayor of Chicago. He will uh, leave this city utterly destroyed. Let's go, Brandon. I, I, I'm I so annoyed <laughs> that people are unironically let's go Brandoning in Chicago no. now for Brandon Johnson. Take, it's, it's great. Oh, We're bringing it back. We're taking it back. We're reclaiming it. I, re- I, re- that, reclaim a Brandon. Yeah. I'm so bad. <laughs> yeah. like, bringing Brandon back. Okay, I got in trouble with my boss in 2015 for saying fuck Hillary like you fucking little bitches. You could just you could just say that you you could just say fuck Joe Biden like all of you are <laughs> cowards. <laughs> yes, it was. It is deeply cowardly. They're afraid of saying fuck, but at the same time, they think they're going to stage an armed overthrow of the government. <sighs> anyway, oh, uh, there's actually okay. This is the thing I actually should mention. There are a bunch of ties between. Um, uh, there, there are a bunch of ties between uh, Valis and guys who are at J6, like and like cool. a lot of J6 people cool, cool, support cool. him. Uh, he's like he's like he is the MAGA candidate. Uh, that's like there's like oh, there's a whole thing there that I didn't get into because I I don't know. There's so much you you could do like seven episodes just about Paul <laughs> Vallis and how much he sucks. But yeah, stop him! If 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 if, yeah. if he fucking gets elected, we're doing the we're doing the we're doing the fucking Chilean student protests because. Yeah, hate him. Hope he has a bad day. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.